Chapter 8 of The Conquest of Bread. This is a LibraVox recording. All LibraVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibraVox.org. Recording by Enko. The Conquest of Bread by Peter Kropotkin. Ways and Means. Part 1. If a society, a city, or a territory were to guarantee the necessaries of life to its inhabitants, open bracket, and we shall see how the conception of the necessaries of life can be so extended as to include luxuries it would be compelled to take possession of what is absolutely needed for production that is to say land machinery factories means of transport etc capital in the hands of private owners would be expropriated to be returned to the community the great harm done by bourgeois society as we have already mentioned is not only that capitalists seize a large share of the profits of each industrial and commercial enterprise thus enabling themselves to live without working but that all production has taken a wrong direction as it is not carried on with a view to securing well-being to all there is a reason why it must be condemned it is absolutely impossible that mercantile production should be carried on in the interest of all to desire it would be to expect the capitalist to go beyond his province and to fulfil duties that he cannot fulfil without ceasing to be what he is a private manufacturer seeking his own enrichment capitalist organization based on the personal interest of each individual employer of labor has given to society all that could be expected of it it has increased the productive force of labor the capitalist profiting by the revolution effected in industry by steam by the sudden development of chemistry and machinery and by other inventions of our century has worked in his own interest to increase the yield of human labor and in a great measure he has succeeded so far but to attribute other duties to him would be unreasonable for example to expect that he should use this superior yield of labor in the interest of society as a whole would be to ask philanthropy and charity of him and a capitalist enterprise cannot be based on charity it now remains for society first to extend this greater productivity which is limited to certain industries and to apply it to the general good but it is evident that to utilize this high productivity of labor so as to guarantee well-being to all society must itself take possession of all means of production economists as is their wont will not fail to remind us of the comparative well-being of a certain category of young robust workmen skilled in certain special branches of industry which has been obtained under the present system it is always this minority that is pointed out to us with pride but even this well-being which is the exclusive right of a few is it secure tomorrow maybe negligence improvidence or the greed of their employers will deprive these privileged men of their work and they will pay for the period of comfort they have enjoyed with months and years of poverty or destitution how many important industries the textiles iron sugar etc without mentioning all sorts of short-lived trades have we not seen decline or come to a standstill on account of speculations or in consequence of natural displacement of work or from the effects of competition amongst the capitalists themselves if the chief textile and mechanical industries had to pass through such a crisis as they have passed through in 1886 we hardly need mention the small trades all of which have their periods of standstill what too shall we say to the price which is paid for the relative well-being of certain categories of workmen unfortunately it is paid for by the ruin of agriculture 
the shameless exploitation of the peasants, the misery of the masses. In comparison with the feeble minority of workers who enjoy a certain comfort, how many millions of human beings live from hand to mouth, without a secure wage, ready to go wherever they are wanted? How many peasants work fourteen hours a day for a poor pittance? Capital depopulates the country, exploits the colonies and the countries where industries are but little developed, dooms the immense majority of workmen to remain without technical education, to remain mediocre even in their own trade this is not merely accidental it is a necessity of the capitalist system in order well to remunerate certain classes of workmen peasants must become the beasts of burden of society the country must be deserted for the town small trades must agglomerate in the foul suburbs of large cities and manufacture a thousand little things for next to nothing so as to bring the goods of the greater industries within reach of buyers with small salaries that bad cloth may be sold to ill-paid workers garments are made by tailors who are satisfied with a starvation wage eastern lands in a backward state are exploited by the west in order that under the capitalist system workers in a few privileged industries may obtain certain limited comforts of life the evil of the present system is therefore not that the surplus value of production goes to the capitalists as rodbertus and marx said thus narrowing the socialist conception and the general view of the capitalist system the surplus value itself is but a consequence of deeper causes the evil lies in the possibility of a surplus value existing instead of a simple surplus not consumed by each generation for that a surplus value should exist means that men women and children are compelled by hunger to sell their labour for a small part of what this labour produces and still more so of what their labour is capable of producing but this evil will last as long as the instruments of production belong to the few as long as men are compelled to pay heavy tribute to property holders for the right of cultivating land or putting machinery into action and the owners of the land and the machines are free to produce what bids fair to bring them in the largest profits rather than the greatest amount of useful commodities well-being can only be temporarily guaranteed to a very few it is only to be bought by the poverty of a large section of society it is not sufficient to distribute the profits realized by a trade in equal parts if at the same time thousands of other workers are exploited it is a case of producing the greatest amount of goods necessary to the well-being of all with the least possible waste of human energy this generalized aim cannot be the aim of a private owner and this is why society as a whole if it takes this view of production as its ideal will be compelled to expropriate all that enhances well-being while producing wealth it will have to take possession of land factories mines means of communication etc and besides it will have to study what products will promote general well-being as well as the ways and means of an adequate production part two how many hours a day will men have to work to produce nourishing food a comfortable home and necessary clothing for his family this question has often preoccupied socialists and they generally came to the conclusion that four or five hours a day would suffice condition be it well understood that all men work at the end of last century benjamin franklin fixed the limit at five hours and if the need of comfort is greater now the power of production has augmented too and far more rapidly in speaking of agriculture further on we shall see what the earth can be made to yield to man when he cultivates it in a reasonable way instead of throwing seed haphazard in a badly ploughed soil as he mostly does today in the great farms of western america some of which cover thirty square miles 
class but have a poorer soil than the manured soil of civilized countries only ten to fifteen english bushels per english acre are obtained that is to say half the yield of european farms or of american farms in the eastern states and nevertheless thanks to machines which enable two men to plough four english acres a day one hundred men can produce in a year all that is necessary to deliver the bread of ten thousand people at their homes during a whole year thus it would suffice for a man to work under the same conditions for thirty hours say six half days of five hours each to have bread for a whole year and to work thirty half days to guarantee the same to a family of five people we shall also prove by results obtained nowadays that if we took recourse to intensive agriculture less than six half days work could procure bread meat vegetables and even luxurious fruit for a whole family again if we study the cost of workmen's dwelling built in large towns today we can ascertain that to obtain in a large english city a semi-detached little house as they are built for workmen for two hundred and fifty pounds from fourteen hundred to eighteen hundred half days work of five hours would be sufficient and as a house of that kind lasts fifty years at least it follows that twenty eight to thirty six half days work a year would provide well furnished healthy quarters with all necessary comfort for a family whereas when hiring the same apartment from an employer a workman pays from seventy five to one hundred days work per year mark that these figures represent the maximum of what a house costs in england today being given the defective organization of our societies in belgium workmen's houses in the city of year have been built at a much smaller cost so that taking everything into consideration we are justified in affirming that in a well-organized society thirty or forty half days work a year will suffice to guarantee a perfectly comfortable home there now remains clothing the exact value of which is almost impossible to fix because the profits realized by a swarm of middlemen cannot be estimated let us take cloth for example and add up all the tribute levied on every yard of it by the landowners the sheep owners the wool merchants and all their intermediate agents then by the railway companies mill owners weavers dealers in ready-made clothes sellers and commission agents and we shall get then an idea of what we pay to a whole sum of capitalists for each article of clothing that is why it is perfectly impossible to say how many days work and overcoat that you pay three pounds or four pounds for in a large london shop represents what is certain is that with present machinery it is possible to manufacture an incredible amount of goods both cheaply and quickly a few examples will suffice thus in the united states in seven hundred and fifty one cotton mills open bracket for spinning and weaving close bracket one hundred and seventy five thousand men and women produce two billion thirty three million yards of cotton goods besides a great quantity of thread on the average more than twelve thousand yards of cotton goods alone are obtained by a three hundred days work of nine and one half hours each say forty yards of cotton in ten hours admitting that a family needs two hundred yards a year at most this would be equivalent to fifty hours work say ten half days of five hours each and we should have thread besides that is to say cotton to shoe with and thread to weave cloth with so as to manufacture woolen stuffs mixed with cotton as to the results obtained by weaving alone the official statistics of the united states teach us that in eighteen seventy if workmen work thirteen or fourteen hours a day they made ten thousand yards of white cotton goods in a year sixteen years later open bracket eighteen eighty six close bracket they were thirty thousand yards by working only fifty five hours a week even in printed cotton goods they obtain weaving and printing included thirty two thousand yards in two thousand six hundred seventy hours of work a year say about twelve yards an hour thus to have your two hundred yards of white and printed cotton goods 
17 hours work a year would suffice it is necessary to remark that raw material reaches these factories in about the same state as it comes from the fields and that the transformation gone through by the piece before it is converted into goods are completed in the course of these 17 hours but to buy these 200 yards from the tradesman a well-paid workman must give at the very least 10 to 15 days work of 10 hours each say 100 to 150 hours and as to the english peasant he would have to toil for a month or a little more to obtain this luxury by this example we already see that by working fifty half days per year in a well-organized society we could dress better than the lower middle classes do today but with all this we have only required sixty half days work of five hours each to obtain the fruits of the earth forty for housing and fifty for clothing which only makes half a year's work as the year consists of three hundred working days if we deduct holidays there remains still one hundred and fifty half days work which could be made use of for other necessaries of life wine sugar coffee tea furniture transport etc etc it is evident that these calculations are only approximative but they can also be proved in another way when we take into account how many in the so-called civilized nations produce nothing how many work at harmful trades doomed to disappear and lastly how many are only useless middlemen we see that in each nation the number of real producers could be doubled and if instead of every ten men twenty were occupied in producing useful commodities and if society took the trouble to economize human energy those twenty people would only have to work five hours a day without production decreasing and it would suffice to reduce the waste of human energy which is going on in the rich families with the scores of useless servants or in the administrations which occupy one official to every ten or even six inhabitants and to utilize those forces to augment immensely the productivity of a nation in fact work could be reduced to four or even three hours a day to produce all the goods that are produced now after studying all these facts together we may arrive then at the following conclusion imagine a society comprising a few million inhabitants engaged in agriculture and a great variety of industries paris for example with the department of seniors suppose that in this society all children learn to work with their hands as well as with their brains admit that all adults save women engage in the education of their children bind themselves to work five hours a day from the age of twenty or twenty-two to forty-five or fifty and that they follow occupations they have chosen themselves in any one of those branches of human work which in this city are considered necessary such a society could in return guarantee well-being to all its members a well-being more substantial than that enjoyed today by the middle classes and moreover each worker belonging to this society would have at his disposal at least five hours a day which he could devote to science art and individual needs which do not come under the category of necessities but will probably do so later on when men's productivity will have augmented and those objects will no longer appear luxurious or inaccessible end of ways and means recording by enco